0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The World of Percy Jackson. In the previous episode, we read chapters five through six. And in that episode, we read about how Thalia, Percy, and all the other campers went against the Hunters in a capture the flag game. Of course, the Hunters won because of Percy's, you know, his actions. And Thalia got pretty mad. But afterwards, the Oracle had actually come down to the creek and gave a prophecy. So now we will read chapter 7 Everybody Hates Me But the Horse. The least the Oracle could have done was walk back to the attic by herself. Instead, Grover and I were elected to carry her. I didn't figure that was because we were the most popular. Watch your head, Grover warned as we went up the stairs, but it was too late. Bunk! I whacked her mummified face against the trapdoor frame and dust flew. Ah, man. I set her down and checked for damage. Did i break anything i can't tell grover admitted we hauled her up and set her uh, on on her tripod stool both of us huffing and sweating who knew a mummy could weigh so much i assumed she wouldn't talk to me and i was right i was relieved when we finally got out of there and slammed the attic door shut well grover said that was gross i knew he was trying to keep things light for my sake but i still felt really down the whole camp would be mad at losing for, the, for losing the game to the hunters. And then there was a new prophecy from the oracle. It was like the spirit of Delphi had gone out of her way to exclude me. She ignored my question and walked half a mile to talk to Zoe. And she'd said nothing, not even a hint about Annabeth. What will Sean do? I asked Grover. I wish I knew. He looked wistfully out the second floor window at the rolling hills covered in snow. I want to be out there. "'Searching for Annabeth?' "'He had a little trouble focusing on me. "'Then he blushed. "'Oh, right, that too, of course.' "'Why?' I asked. "'What were you thinking?' "'He clopped his hooves uneasily. "'Just something the manticore said about the great stirring. "'I can't help but wonder, "'if all of those ancient powers are waking up, "'maybe, maybe not all of them are evil.' "'You mean Pan?' I felt kind of selfish because I'd totally forgotten about Grover's life ambition. The nature got him <clears throat> had gotten missing 2,000 years ago. He was rumored to have died, but the satires didn't believe that. They were determined to find him. They'd been searching in vain for centuries, and Grover was convinced he'd be the one to succeed. This year, with Sharon putting all the satires on emergency duty to find Half-Bloods, Grover hadn't been able to continue his search. It must have been driving him nuts. I've let the trail go cold, he said, I feel restless, like I'm missing something really important. He's out there somewhere. I can just feel it. I didn't know what to say. I wanted to encourage him, but I didn't know how. My optimism had pretty much been trampled into the snow out there in the woods, along with our capture-the-flag hopes. Before I could respond, Thalia tromped up the stairs. She was officially not talking to me now, but she looked at Grover and said, Tell Percy to get his butt downstairs. Why? I asked. Did he say something? Taya asked Grover. Um, he asked why. Dionysus is calling a council of cabin leaders to discuss the prophecy. He said, unfortunately, that includes Percy. The council was held around a ping pong table in the rec room. Dionysus waved his hand and supplied snacks. Cheese whiz, crackers, and a several bottles of red wine. Then Sharon reminded him that wine was against his restrictions and most of us were underage. Mr. D sighed. With a snap of his fingers, the wine turned to diet coke. Nobody drank that either. Mr. D and Sharon, in wheelchair form, sat at one end of the table. Zoe and Bianca D'Angelo, who had kind of become Zoe's personal assistant, took the other hand. Uh, took the other end. and Grover and I sat along the right. The other head counselors, Beckendorf, Selena Beauregard, and the Stoll brothers, sat on the left. The Aries kids were supposed to send a representative too, but all of them had gotten broken limbs accidentally, during capture the flag, courtesy of the hunters. They are resting up in the infirmary. Zoe started the meeting off on a positive note. This is pointless. Cheese whiz, Grover gasped. He began scooping up crackers and ping pong balls and spraying them with topping. There is no time to talk, Zoe continued. Our goddess needs us. The hunters must leave immediately. And go where? Sharon asked. West, Bianca said. I was amazed at how different she looked after just a few days with the hunters. Her dark hair was braided like Zoe's now, so you could actually see her face. She had a splash of freckles across her nose, and her dark eyes vaguely reminded me of someone famous. But I couldn't think of who. She looked like she'd been working out and her skin glowed faintly, like the other hunters, as if she'd been taking showers in liquid moonlight. You heard the prophecy. Five shall go west to the goddess in chains. We can get five hunters and go. Yes, Zoe agreed. Artemis is being held hostage. We must find her and free her. You're missing something, as usual, Talia said. Campers and hunters combined prevail. We're supposed to do this together. No, Zoe said. The hunters do not need thy help. Your, Talia grumbled. Nobody has said thy in like 300 years, Zoe. Get with the times. Zoe hesitated like she was trying to form the word correctly. Yeah. We do not need your help. Talia rolled her eyes. Forget it. I fear the prophecy says you do need our help, Shran said. Campers and hunters must cooperate. Or do they? Mr. D. mused, swirling his dyed coke under his nose like it had a fine bouquet. One shall be lost, One shall be peri- one shall perish. That sounds rather nasty, doesn't it? What if you fail because you try to cooperate? Mr. D, Sean sighed. With all due respect, whose side are you on? Dionysus raised his eyebrows. Sorry, my dear Centaur, just trying to be helpful. We're supposed to work together, Thalia said stubbornly. I don't like it either, Zoe, but you know prophecies. You want to fight against one? Zoe grimaced, but I could tell Thalia had scored a point. We must not delay, Sean warned. "'Today is Sunday. This very Friday, December 21st, is the winter solstice.' "'Oh, joy!' Dionysus muttered. "'Another dull annual meeting.' "'Artemis must be present present at the solstice,' Zoe said. "'She has been one of the most vocal on the council, "'arguing for action against Kronos' minions. "'If she is absent, the gods will decide nothing. "'We will lose another year of war preparations.' Are you suggesting that the gods have trouble acting together, young lady? Dionysus asked. Yes, Lord Dionysus. Mr. D nodded. Just checking. You're right, of course. Carry on. I must agree with Zoe, said Chiron. Artemis' presence at the Winter Council is critical. We only have a week, we have only a week to find her, and possibly even more important, to locate the monster she was hunting. Now, we must decide who goes on this quest. Three and two. I said. Everybody looked at me. Thalia even forgot to ignore me. We're supposed to have five, I said. Three hunters. Uh, I said, feeling self-conscious. Three hunters, two from Camp Half-Blood. That's more than fair. Thalia and Zoe exchanged looks. Well, Thalia said, it does make sense. Zoe grunted. I would prefer to take all the hunters. We will need strength of numbers. "'You'll be retracing the goddess's path,' Sharon reminded her. "'Moving quickly. No doubt Artemis tracked the scent of this rare monster, whatever it is. "'As she moved west, you will have to do the same. "'The prophecy was clear. The bane of Olympus shows the trail. "'What would your mistress say?' "'Too many hunters spoil the scent? A small group is best.'" Zoe picked up a ping-pong paddle and studied it like she was deciding who she wanted to whack first. This monster, the Bane of Olympus. I have hunted at Lady Artemis's side for many years, yet I have no idea what this beast might be. Everybody looked at Dionysus. I guess because he was the only god present and gods are supposed to know things. He was flipping through a wine magazine, but when everyone got silent, he glanced up. Well, don't look at me. I'm a young god, remember? I don't creep track of all those ancient monsters and dusty titans. They make for a terrible party conversation. Sharon. I said, "'You don't have any ideas about the monsters?' Sean pursed his lips. "'I have several ideas, none of them good, "'and none of them quite make sense. "'Typhon, for instance, could fit this description. "'He truly, he was truly a bane of Olympus, "'or the sea monster Keto. "'But if either of these were stirring, we would know it. "'They are ocean monsters the size of skyscrapers. "'Your father, Poseidon, would have already sounded the alarm. "'I fear this monster may be more elusive, "'perhaps even more powerful.' That's some serious danger you're facing, Connor Stoll said. I liked how he said you and not we. It sounds like at least two of the five are going to die. One shall be lost in the land without rain, Beccanore said. If I were you, I'd stay out of the desert. There was a muttering of agreement, and the Tyne's curse was must one withstand, Selina said. What could that mean? I saw Sharon and Zoe exchange a nervous look, but whatever they were thinking, they didn't share it. "'One shall perish by its parent's hand,' Grover said in between bites of cheese Whiz and ping-pong balls. "'How is that possible? Whose parent would kill them?' There was heavy silence around the table. I glanced at Thalia and wondered if she was thinking the same thing I was. Years ago, Sharon had, had 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 a prophecy about the next child of the Big Three, Zeus, Poseidon, or Hades, who turned 16.' Supposedly, that kid would make a decision that would would save or destroy the gods forever. Because of that, the Big Three had taken an oath after World War II not to have any more kids. But Thalia and I had been born anyway, and now we were both getting close to 16. I remembered a conversation I had had last year with Annabeth. I'd asked her if I was so potentially dangerous why the gods didn't just kill me. Some of the gods would like to kill you, she'd said, but they're afraid of offending Poseidon. Could an Olympian parent turn against his half-blood child? Would it be sometimes be easier to just to let them die? If there were ever any half-bloods who needed to worry about that, it was Talia and me. I wondered if maybe I should have sent Poseidon that seashell pattern tie for Father's Day after all. There will be debts, Sean decided. That much we know. Oh, goody, Dionysus said. Everyone looked at him. He glanced up in- innocently from the pages of Wine Connoisseur magazine. Ah, Pinot Noir is making a comeback. Don't mind me. Percy's right, Selina Beauregard said. Two campers should go. Oh, I see, Zoe said sarcastically. And I suppose you wish to volunteer? Selina blushed. I'm not going anywhere with the hunters. Don't look at me. A daughter of Aphrodite does not wish to be looked at. Zoe scoffed. What would thy mother say? Selena started to get out of her chair, but the Stoll brothers pulled her back. "'Stop it,' Beckendorf said. He was was a big guy with a bigger voice. He didn't talk much, but when he did, people tended to listen. "'Let's start with the hunters. Which three of you will go?' Zoe stood. "'I shall go, of course, and I will take Phoebe. She is our best tracker.' "'The big girl who likes to hit people on the head?' Travis Stoll asked cautiously. Zoe nodded. "'The one who put the arrows in my helmet?' Connor added, yes, Zoe snapped, why? Oh, nothing, Travis said, just that we have a t-shirt for her from the camp store. He held up a big silver t-shirt that said Artemis the Moon Goddess Fall Hunting Tour 2002, with a huge list of national parks and stuff underneath. It's a collector's item. She was admiring it. You want to give it to her? I knew the stoles were up to something, they always were, but I guess Zoe didn't know them as well as I did. She just sighed and took the t-shirt. As I was saying, I will take Phoebe, and I wish Bianca to go. Bianca looked stunned. Me? But I'm so new, I wouldn't be any good. You will do fine, Zoe insisted. There is no way a better way to prove thyself. Bianca closed her mouth. I felt kind of sorry for her. I remember my first quest when I was 12. I felt totally unprepared. A little honored, maybe, but a lot resentful and plenty scared. I figured the same things were running around in Bianca's head right now. In for campers? Sean asked. His eyes met mine, but I couldn't tell what he was thinking. Me! Grover stood up so fast, he bumped a ping pong table. He brushed cracker crumbs and ping pong ball scraps off his lap. Anything to help Artemis! Zoe wrinkled her nose. I think not satire. You are not even a half-blood. But he is a camper, Thalia said, and he's got a satire senses and woodland magic. Can you play a tracker song yet, Grover? Absolutely! Zoe wavered. I didn't know what a tracker song was, but apparently Zoe thought it was a good thing. Very well, Zoe said. And the second camper. I'll go. Talia stood and looked around, daring anyone to question her. Now, okay, maybe my mad skills weren't the best, but it suddenly occurred to me that we'd reached the number five, and I wasn't in the group. Whoa, wait a sec, I said. I want to go too thalia said nothing sharon was still studying me his eyes his eyes said oh grover said suddenly aware of the problem whoa yeah i forgot percy has to go i didn't mean i'll stay percy should go in my place he cannot zoe said "He is a boy i won't have hunters traveling with a boy you traveled here with me i reminded her that was a short-term emergency and it was ordered by the goddess I will not go across country and fight many dangers in the company of a boy. What about Grover? I demanded. Zoe shook her head. He does not count. He's a satire. He's technically not a boy. He's not technically a boy. Hey! Grover protested. I have to go, I said. I need to be on this quest. Why? Zoe asked. Because of thy friend Annabeth? I felt myself blushing. I hated that everyone was looking at me. No! I mean, partly... I just feel like I'm supposed to go. Nobody rose to my defense. Mr. D looked bored, still reading my magazine. Selena, the Stoll brothers, and Beckendorf were staring at the table. Bianca gave me a look of pity. No, I insist upon this, Zoe said flatly. I insist upon this. I will take a satire if I must, but not a male hero. Shran sighed. The quest is for Artemis. The hunters should be allowed to approve their companions. My ears were ringing as I sat down. I knew Grover and some of the others were looking at me sympathetically, but I couldn't meet their eyes. I just sat there as Sharon concluded the council. So be it, he said. "Dion and Grover will accompany Zoe, Bianca, and Phoebe. You shall leave at first light. And may the gods, he glanced at Dionysus, present company included. We hope be with you. I didn't show up for dinner that night, which was a mistake, because Sharon and Grover came looking for me. Percy, I'm so sorry, Grover said, sitting next to me on the bunk. I didn't know that that you'd... Honest! He started to sniffle, and I figured if I didn't cheer him up, he'd either start bawling or chewing up my mattress. He tends to get, eat a household objects whenever he gets upset. It's okay, I lied. Really, it's fine. Grover's lower lip trembled. I wasn't even thinking. I was so focused on helping Artemis. But I promise, I'll look everywhere for Annabeth. If I can find her, I will. I nodded and tried to ignore the big crater that was opening in my chest. Grover, Shran said, perhaps you'd let me have a word with Percy? (laughs) Sure, he sniffled. Shran waited. Oh, Grover said, you mean alone. Sure, Shran. He looked at me miserably. See, nobody needs a goat. He trotted out the door, blowing his nose on his sleeve. Shrunk sighed and knelt on his horse legs percy i don't pretend to understand prophecies yeah i said well that's maybe that maybe that's because they don't make any sense Shrunk gazed at the saltwater spring gurgling in the corner of the room thalia would not have been my first choice to go on this quest she's too impetuous she acts without thinking she's too sure of herself would you have chosen me frankly no he said you and thalia are much alike Thanks a lot. He smiled. The difference is that you are less sure of yourself than Talia. That could be good or bad. But one thing I can say, both of you together would be a dangerous thing. We could handle it. The way you handled it at the creek tonight? I didn't answer. He nailed me. Perhaps it is for the best, Sean mused. You can go home to your mother for the holidays. If we need you, we can call. Yeah, I said. Maybe. I pulled Riptide out of my pocket and set it on my nightstand. I did, it didn't seem that I'd be using it for anything but writing Christmas cards. When he saw the pen, Sharon grimaced. It's no wonder, Zoe, doesn't want you along. I suppose not while you're carrying that particular weapon. I didn't understand what he meant. Then I remembered something he told me a long time ago when he first gave me the magic sword. It is a long and tragic history which we not need, which we need not go into. I wanted to ask him about that but then he pulled a golden drachma from his saddlebag and tossed it to me call your mother percy let her know you're coming home in the morning and uh for what it's worth i almost volunteered for this quest myself i would have gone if not for the last line one shall perish by a parent's hand yeah i didn't need to ask i knew sharon's dad was Kronos, the evil titan lord himself the line would make perfect sense if Sharon went on the quest. Kronos didn't care for anyone, including his own children. Sharon, I said, you know what this time's curse is, don't you? His face darkened. He made a claw over his heart and pushed outward. An ancient gesture for warding off evil. Let us hope the pr- pr- prophecy does not mean what I think. Now, good night, Percy, and your time will come. I'm convinced of that. There's no need to rush. He said, your time the way people did when they meant your death. I didn't know if Sharon meant it that way, but look, the look in his eyes made me scared to ask. I stood at the saltwater spring, rubbing Sharon's coin in my hand and trying to figure out what to say to my mom. I really wasn't in the mood to have one more adult tell me that doing nothing was the greatest thing I could do, but I figured my mom deserved an update. Finally, I took a deep breath and threw in the coin. Oh, goddess, accept my offering. The mist shimmered. The light from the bathroom was just enough to make a faint rainbow. Show me Sally Jackson, I said. Upper East Side, Manhattan. And there in the mist was a scene I did not expect. My mom was sitting at her kitchen table with some guy. They were laughing hysterically. There was a big stack of textbooks between them. The man was, I don't know, 30-something with longish salt and pepper hair and a brown jacket over a black t-shirt. He looked like an actor, like a guy who might play an undercover cop on television. I was too stunned to say anything, and fortunately, my mom and the guy were too busy laughing to notice my iris message. The guy said, Sally, you're right. You want some more wine? I shouldn't. You go ahead if you want. Actually, I'd better use your bathroom. May I? Down the hall, she said, trying not to laugh. The actor dude smiled and got up and, and left. Mom, I said. She jumped so hard she almost knocked her textbooks off the table. Finally, she focused on me. Percy! Oh, honey, is everything okay? What are you doing? I demanded. She blinked. Homework! Then she seemed to understand the look on my face. Oh, honey, that's just Paul. Um, Mr. Blowfish, he's in my writing seminar. Mr. Blowfish? Blowfish! He'll be back in a minute. Percy, tell me what's wrong. She always knew when something was wrong. I told her about Annabeth, the other stuff too, but mostly it boiled down to Annabeth. My mother's eyes teared up. I could tell she she was trying hard to keep it together for my sake. Oh, Percy. Yeah, so they tell me there's nothing I can do. I guess I'll be coming home. She turned her pencil around in her fingers. Percy, as much as I want you to come home, she sighed like she was mad at herself. As much as I want you to be safe, I want you to understand something. You need to do whatever you think you have to do. I stared at her. What do you mean? I mean, do you really deep down believe that you have to help save her? Do you think it's the right thing to do? Because I know one thing about you, Percy. Your heart is always in the right place. Listen to it. You're, you're telling me to go? My mother pursed her lips. I'm telling you that you're getting too old for me to tell you what to do. I'm telling you that I'll support you, even if, you, what you even, even if what you decide to do is dangerous. I can't believe I'm saying this. Mom, the toilet flushed down the hall in our ba- apartment. I don't have much time, my mom said. Percy, whatever you decide, I love you, and, I'll, and I know you'll do what's best for Annabeth. How can you be so sure? Because she'd do the same for you. And with that, my mother waved her hand over the mist, and the connection dissolved leaving me with one final image of her new friend, Mr. Blowfish, smiling down at her. I don't remember falling asleep, but I remember the dream. I was back in that barren cave, the ceiling heavy and low above me. Amber was kneeling under the weight of a dark mass that looked like a pile of boulders. She was too tired to even cry out. Her legs trembled. Any second, I knew she would run out of strength and the cavern ceiling would collapse on top of her. How is our mortal guest? A male voice boomed. It wasn't Kronos. Kronos's voice was raspy and metallic, like a knife scraped across stone. I'd heard it taunting me many times before in my dreams. But this voice was deeper and lower, like a bass guitar. Its force made the ground vibrate. Luke emerged from the shadows. He ran to Annabeth, knelt beside her, then looked back at the unseen man. She's fading. We must hurry. The hypocrite. Like he really cared what happened to her. The deep voice chuckled. It belonged to someone in the shadows. At the edge of my dream, then a meaty hand thrust someone forward into the light. Artemis, her hands and feet bound in celestial bronze chains. I gasped. Her silvery dead dress was torn and tattered. Her face and arms were cut in several places, and she was bleeding Ichor, the golden blood of the gods. You heard the boy, said the man in the shadows. Decide! Artemis's eyes flashed with anger. I didn't know what, she, why she just didn't will the chains to burst or make herself disappear, but she didn't seem able to. Maybe the chains prevented her. Or some magic about this dark, horrible place. The goddess looked at Annabeth, and her expression changed to concern and outrage. How dare you torture a maiden like this? She will die soon, Luke said. You can save her. Annabeth made a weak sound of protest. My heart felt like it was being twisted into a knot. I wanted to run to her, but I couldn't move. Free my hands, Artemis said. Luke brought out his sword. Backbiter. With one expert strike, he broke the goddess's handcuffs. Artemis ran to Annabeth and took the burden from her shoulders. Annabeth collapsed on the ground and lay there, shivering. Artemis staggered, trying to support the weight of the black rocks. The man in the shadows chuckled. You are as predictable as you were easy to beat, Artemis. You surprised me, the goddess said, straining under her burden. It will not happen again. Indeed it will not, the man said. Now you are out of the way for good. I knew you could not resist helping a young maiden. That is, after all, your specialty, my dear. Artemis groaned. You know nothing of mercy, you swine. On that, the man said. We can agree, Luke. You may kill the girl now. No! Artemis shouted. Luke hesitated. She, she may yet be useful, sir. For the rate, bah! You truly believe that? Yes, General. They will come for her. I am sure. The man considered. Then the drachnia can dra- guard her there, here, assuming she does not die from her injuries. You may keep her alive until winter solstice. After that. "'If our sacrifice goes as planned, her life will be meaningless. "'The lives of all mortals will be meaningless.' "'Luke gathered up Annabeth's listless spartan body "'and carried her away from the goddess. "'You will never find the monster you seek,' Artemis said. "'Your plan will fail.' "'How little you know, my young goddess,' the man in the shadow said. "'Even now, your darling attendants begin their quest to find you. "'They shall play directly into my hands.' Now, if you'll excuse us, we have a long journey to make. We must greet your hunters and make sure their quest is challenging. The man's laughter echoed in the darkness, shaking the ground until it seemed the whole cavern ceiling would collapse. I woke with a start. I was sure I'd heard a loud banging. I looked around the cabin. It was dark outside. The salt spring still gurgled. No other sounds but the hoot of an owl in the woods and the distant surf on the beach. In the moonlight, on my nightstand, was Annabeth's New York's New York Yankees cap. I stared at it for a second and then... Bang! Bang! Someone or something was pounding on my door. I grabbed Riptide and got out of the bed. Hello? I called. Thump! Thump! I crept to the door. I uncapped the blade, flung open the door, and found myself face-to-face with a black pegasus. Whoa, boss! Its voice spoke in my mind as it clopped away from the sword blade. "'I don't want to be a horse, kebab. Its black wings spread in alarm, and the wind buffeted me like back a step. "'Blackjack!' I said, relieved but a little irritated. "'It's the middle of the night!' Blackjack huffed. "'I ain't either, boss! It's five in the morning! What you still sleeping for?' "'How many times have I told you, don't call me boss?' Whatever you say, boss. You're the man. You're my number one. I rubbed the sleep out of my eyes and tried to not let the pegasus read my thoughts. That's the problem with being Poseidon's son. Since he created horses out of sea foam, I can understand most equestrian animals. But they can understand me too. Sometimes, like in Blackjack's case, they kind of adopt me. See, Blackjack had been a captive on board Luke's ship last year, summer, until we'd caused a little distraction that allowed him to escape. I really had very little to do with it, seriously, but Blackjack credited me, credited me with saving him. Blackjack, I said, you're supposed to stay in the stables. Meh, the stables. You see Sharron is staying in the stables? Well, no. Exactly. Listen, we got another little sea friend needs your help. Again? Yeah, I told the Hippocampy I'd get you. I'd come get you. I groaned. Ugh. Anytime I was ever anywhere near the hip beach, the hippocampi would ask me to help them with their problems. They had a lot of problems. Beached whales, porpoises caught in fishing nets, mermaids with hangnails. They'd call me to come, they'd call me to come underwater and help. All right, he said, I'm coming. You're the best boss and don't call me boss. Blackjack whinnied softly. It might've been a laugh. I looked back at my comfortable bed. My bronze shield still hung on the wall dented and unusable and on my nightstand was annabeth's magic yankees cap on an impulse i stuck the cap in my pocket i guess i had a feeling even then that i wasn't coming back to my cabin for a long long time and that is the end of chapter 7 but don't worry right after this chapter we will know where percy goes and why he what he meant by saying he's not going to come to back to his cabin for a long time And right after this break, we'll read chapter 8, I Make a Dangerous Promise. And we are back from the ads, and now we'll read chapter 8, I Make a Dangerous Promise. Blackjack gave me a ride down the beach, and I have to admit, it was cool. Being on a flying horse, skimming over the waves at 100 miles an hour with the wind in my hair and the sea spray in my face, hey... It beats water skiing any day. Here! Blackjack slowed and turned into a circle. Straight down! Thanks! I tumbled off his back and plunged into the icy sea. I'd gotten more comfortable doing stunts like that the past couple of years. I could pretty much move however I wanted to, un- uh, I wanted to underwater, just by willing the ocean currents to change around me and propel me along. I could breathe underwater no problem, and my clothes never got wet unless I wanted them to. I shot the uh, shot down into the darkness. 20, 30, 40 feet, the pressure wasn't uncomfortable. I never tried to push it, to see if there was a limit to how deep I could dive. I knew most regular humans couldn't go past 200 feet without crumpling like an aluminum can. And I should have been blind too, this deep in the water at night, but I could see the heat from living it forms, and the cold of the currents. It's hard to describe. It wasn't like regular seeing, but I could tell where everything was. As I got closer to the bottom, I saw three hippocampi, Fish-tailed horses swimming in a circle around an overturned boat. The hippocampi were beautiful to watch. Their fish tails shimmered in rainbow colors, glowing scent. Their manes were white and they were galloping through the water, the way nervous horses do in a thunderstorm. Something was upsetting them. I got closer and saw the problem. A dark shape, some kind of animal was wedged halfway under the boat and tangled in a fishing net. One of those big nets they use on trawlers to catch everything at once i hated those things it was bad enough they drowned porpoises and dolphins but they also occasionally caught mythological animals when the nets got tangled some lazy fisherman would just cut them loose and let the trapped animals die apparently this poor creature had been mucking around on the bottom of long island sound and had somehow gotten itself tangled in net of this sunken fishing boat it had uh, tried to get out and managed to even get managed to get even more hopelessly stuck shifting the boat in the process Now the wreckage of the hull, which was resting against a big rock, was teetering and threatening to collapse on top of the tangled animal. The hippocampi were swimming around frantically, wanting to help, but not sure how. One was trying to chew the net, but hippocampi teeth just aren't meant for cutting rope. Hippocampi are really strong, but they don't have hands, and they're not- Shh! All that's smart. Free it, Lord! A hippocampus said when it saw me. The others joined in asking the same thing i swam in for a closer look at the tam- tangled creature at first i thought it was a young hippocampus i rescued several of them before but then i heard a strange sound something that did not belong underwater Murr! i got next to the thing and i saw it was a cow i mean i'd heard of sea cows with like manatees and stuff but this was really was a cow with the back end of a serpent the front half was a calf a baby with black fur and big sad brown eyes and a white bu- muzzle. And its back half was a black and brown snaky tail with fins running down the top and bottom like an enormous eel. "'Whoa, little one,' I said. "'Where did you come from?' The, cl- the creature looked at me sadly. But I couldn't understand its thoughts. I only speak horse. "'We don't know what it is, Lord,' one of the hippocampes said. "'Many strange things are stirring.' "'Yeah.' i murmured so i've heard i uncapped riptide and the sword grew to full length in my hands its bronze blade gleaming in the dark the cow serpent freaked out and started struggling against the net its eyes full of terror whoa i said i'm not gonna hurt you just let me cut the net just the cow but the cow serpent thrashed around and even got got even more tangled the boat started to tilt, stirring up the muck on the sea bottom and threatening to topple onto, onto the cow serpent. The hippocampi whinnied in a panic and thrashed in the water, which didn't help. "'Okay, okay!' I said. I put away the sword and started speaking as calmly as I could so the hippocampi and the cow serpent would stop panicking. I didn't know if it was possible to get stampeded up underwater, but I didn't really want to find out. "'It's cool. No sword. See?' No sword, calm thoughts, seagrass, mama cows, vegetarianism. I doubted the cow serpent understood what I was saying, but it responded to the tone of my voice. The hippocampi were still skittish, but they stopped swirling around me quite so fast. Free it, Lord, they pleaded. Yeah, I said, I got that part, I'm thinking. But how could i free the cow serpent when she i decided it was probably a she panicked at the sight of a blade it was like she'd seen swords before i knew how dangerous they were all right i told the hippocampi i need all of you to push exactly the way i tell you first we started with the boat it wasn't easy but with the strength of three horses power we managed to shift the wreckage so it was no longer threatening to collapse on the baby cow serpent then i went to work on the net untangling it section by section, getting lead weights and fishing hooks straightened out, yanking out knots around the cow serpent's hooves. It took forever. I mean, it was worse than the time I had to untangle all of my video game controller wires. The whole time, I kept talking to the cowfish, telling her everything was okay while she mooed and moaned. It's okay, Bessie, I said. Don't ask me why I started calling her that. It just seemed like a good cow name. Good cow, nice cow... Finally, the net came off, and the cow serpent zipped through the water and did a happy somersault. The hippocampi whinnied with joy. Thank you, Lord. Moo! The cow serpent nuzzled me and gave me the big brown eyes. Yeah, I said, that's okay, nice cow. Well, stay out of trouble. Which reminded me, I'd been in the water how long? An hour at least. I had to get back to my cabin before Argus or the harpies discovered I was breaking curfew. I shot to the surface and broke through. Immediately, Blackjack zoomed down and let me catch hold of his neck. He lifted me into the air and took me back toward the shore. Success, boss? Yeah, we rescued a baby something or other. Took forever. Almost got stampeded. Good deeds are always dangerous, boss. You saved my sorry mane, didn't you? I couldn't help thinking about my dream. With Annabeth crumpled and lifeless in Luke's arms, here I was rescuing baby monsters, but I couldn't save my friend. As Blackjack flew back toward my cabin, I happened to glance at the dining pavilion. I saw a figure, a boy hunkered down behind a Greek column, like he was hiding from someone. It was Nico, but it wasn't even dawn yet. Nowhere near time for breakfast. What was he doing up there? I hesitated. The last thing I wanted was more time for Nico to tell me about his Mytho Magic game. But something was wrong. I could tell him by the way he was crouching. Blackjack, I said, set me down over there, will ya? Behind that column. I almost blew it. I was coming up the steps behind Nico. He didn't see me at all. He was behind a column, peeking around the corner, all his attention focused on the dining area. I was five feet away from him, and I was about to say, what are you doing, real loud, when it occurred to me that he was pulling a Grover. He was spying on the hunters. There were voices, two girls talking at one of the dining tables. At this ungodly hour of the morning, well, unless you're the goddess of dawn, I guess, I took Annabet's magic cap out of my pocket and put it on. I didn't feel any different, but when I raised my arms, I couldn't see them. I was invisible. I crept up to Nico and sneaked around him. I couldn't see the girls very well in the dark, but I knew their voices. Zoe and Bianca. It sounded like they were arguing. It cannot be cured, Zoe was saying, not quickly at any rate. But how did it happen? Bianca asked. Foolish prank. Zoe growled. Those stole brothers from the Hermes' cabin. Centaur blood is like acid. Everyone knows that. They sprayed the inside of that Artemis hunting torch T-shirt with it. That's terrible! She will live, Zoe said, but she'll be bedridden for weeks with horrible hives. There's no way she can go. It's up to me and thee. (laughs) The prophecy, Bianca said. If Phoebe can't go, we only have four. We'll have to pick another. There is no time, Zoe said. We must leave at first light. That's immediately. Besides, the prophecy said we would lose one. In the land without rain, Bianca said. But that can't be here. It might be, Zoe said, though she didn't seem convinced. The camp has magic borders. Nothing, not even weather is allowed in w- without permission. It could be a land without rain. But, Bianca, hear me. Zoe's voice was strained. I- I can't explain, but I have a sense that we should not pick someone else. It would be too dangerous. They would meet an end worse than Phoebe's. I don't want Sharon choosing a camper as our fifth companion, and I don't want to risk another hunter. Bianca was silent. She tell Talia the rest of your dream. No, it would not help. But if your suspicions are correct about the general, I have thy word not to talk about that, Zoe said. She sounded really anguished. We will find out soon enough. Now come, dawn is breaking. Nico scooted out of their way. He was faster than me. As the girls sprinted down the steps, Zoe almost ran into me. She froze, her eyes narrowing. Her, eye, her hand crept toward her bow, but then Bianca said, The lights of the big house are on! Hurry! And Zoe followed her out of the pavilion. I could tell was ne- what Nico was thinking. He took a deep breath and was about to run after his sister. When I took off the invisibility cap and said, Wait. He almost slipped on the icy steps as he spun around to find me. Where did you come from? I've been here the whole time. Invisible. He mouthed the word invisible. Wow. Cool. How did you know Zoe and your sister were here? He blushed. I heard them walk by the Hermes cabin. I don't, I don't sleep too well at camp, so I heard footsteps and them whispering, so I kind of followed. And now you're thinking about following them on the quest, I guessed. How did you know that? Because if it was my sister, I'd probably be thinking the same thing. But you can't. You looked defiant. Because I'm too young? Because they won't let you. They'll catch you and send you back here. And yeah, because you're too young. Remember the manticore? There'll be lots more like that. More dangerous. Some of the heroes will die. His shoulders sagged. He shifted from foot to foot. Maybe you're right. But you can go for me. Say what? You can turn invisible, you can go. The hunters don't like boys, I reminded him. If they find out, don't let them find out. Follow them invisibly. Keep an eye on my sister, you have to, please. Nico, you're planning to go anyway, aren't you? I wanted to say no, but he looked me in the eyes and I somehow couldn't lie to him. Yeah, I said, I have to find Annabeth. I have to help even if they don't want me to. I won't tell on you. He said, but you have to promise to keep my sister safe. I, that's a big thing to promise, Nico, on a trip like this. Besides, she's got Zoe, Grover, and Thalia. Promise, he insisted. I'll do my best. I promise that. Get going then, he said. Good luck. It was crazy. I wasn't packed. I had nothing but the cap and the sword and the clothes I was wearing. i was supposed to be going home to Manhattan this morning. Tell Sharon I'll make something up. Nico smiled crookedly. I'm good at that. Go on! I ran, putting on Annabeth's cap. As the sun came up, I turned invisible. I hit the top of Haplet Hill in time to see the camp's van disappearing down the farm road, probably Argus taking the quest group into the city. After that, they will be on their own. I felt a twinge of guilt and stupidity, too. How is I supposed to keep up with them? Run? Then I heard the beating of huge wings. Blackjack landed next to me. He began casually nuzzling a few tufts of grass that stuck through the ice. If I was guessing, boss, I'd say you need a getaway horse. You interested? A a lump of gratitude stuck in my throat. But I managed to say, yeah, let's fly. And that is the end of chapter eight. And until next week, we will get to find out what, where Percy, if Percy will actually take his own path or will follow the group. And I really do wonder what, if Percy does meet the group, then will, like, you know, the group get mad at him for even following them since, you know, hundreds aren't allowed to be with boys. And I do apologize for uploading late, even though I said I would upload on Saturdays. I do get a little busy, so please forgive me on that. I apologize, and I hope you guys can still enjoy this podcast as as much as you already were before. And so until next week, where we read chapters 9 and 10, Stay safe and stay out of boredom.